What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to a special live edition of Smack Talk presented by SmartOutMoment.com. We are going to be going over WWE Night of Champions 2015. We are talking to you live on MegapowersRadio.com right now. And of course, because we are live on MegapowersRadio.com, you guys will be able to talk back to us and call in live to the show. You can do that in various different ways. You can do that through Skype. You can call in 760-512-7247. You can sit there in our chat room if you don't want to get your voice on the line and just talk with other people that are in there right now. We're doing this kind of on a whim here, so we don't have a whole lot of people there yet, but they're probably going to be filing in soon. Wazili is there. What's up, Wazili? And, of course, joining me on the line right now for the panel, I've got the usual suspects, Mr. Mike Payton. Sorry, I collapsed. I'm, I'm okay. Oh, you're Sting? Huh? Because you collapsed? Every little thing she does is magic. Okay. <laughs> and I've also got with me Steven Wago. Yeah, I'm not going to follow that up with anything. Good. <laughs> and I am Tony Manger, your host of the panel, if you don't recognize my voice by now. So, let's just start getting right into this. Let's start with the kickoff of the match, or not the kickoff of the match, kickoff of the night, which was a six-man tag team match, Cosmic Wasteland against Neville and the Lucha Dragons, kind of following along with the SummerSlam stuff that we had with the whole superhero gimmick, but taking Stephen Amell out of the situation, throwing in Lucha Dragons and the Ascension and hoping that it all works out. Do you guys think that this ended up being a good enough kickoff, or were you expecting more? It was a good match. The The show was your typical kickoff. Lots of video fillers, a couple backstage interviews. Kevin Owens, I think, actually was the star of the pre-show. He finally has gotten back to that character he had when he first came in on NXT, where he was the prize fighter and he was concerned about doing what was best for his family. He brought it back to that in this promo, which he would bring out later. Uh, everything else was just kind of bland backstage promos. Sheamus had one, I think, where he just teased that he would come out with the money in the bank later, which he would. Uh, the match, it was, it was tight. You know, there, there was no big mistakes. The, the Ascension didn't mess anything up. <laughs> <laughs> what a, like, optimistic way to be pessimistic about it. Oh, um, guys they, didn't fuck up. Good job, guys. <laughs> they had some fancy new face paint. That was kind of cool. They did? I didn't even notice that. It, it, I mean... It was just like different design, you know, it was a little, you know, they gave it a little bit more time than they probably normally did because they're kind of giving him a focus. Uh, I was too distracted by Stardust's uh, Batman cape. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did you think about this whole pre-show? As far as the whole pre-show as a whole, it was a typical pre-show. That a lot of clips which I've already seen, but the match itself delivered perfectly. I'm glad that Stardust won. It means that they want to invest something in him. And I'm just a big Stardust fan, so I hope they continue pushing the Cosmic Wasteland. Well, they really, really needed to win this match. I mean, we were talking about this when we were giving our predictions about how the Lucha Dragons and Neville, if they would have won this, the Cosmic Wasteland would have looked so much worse because they've done nothing so far. Like, what, their grand total of... uh damage that they've done is ruining a segment on Raw and wrestling like once and losing on SmackDown or something, I think. So it was like, Cosmic Wasteland needed this. 
And I thought that we were off to a bad start when they didn't introduce them as the Cosmic Wasteland. Because usually if WWE ignores the tag team names, it means that it's not going to be worth a damn. So I just don't think they're sure on what the name is. Because they also called them uh, the Astral Alliance a lot this segment. They did throw that out there, and it confused JBL. He was like, oh, the Astros, yeah, the, uh, what was it, Nolan Ryan or something like that? And, uh, they had to go back and forth about, like, no, Astral. And he's just like, oh, yeah, well, fucking Stardust is winning right now. That was cute. Yeah. I don't know if that was, like, a joke they purposely played out or if it was a senior moment for him. But. <laughs> Either way, I kind of liked it. But, you know what struck me as odd about this pre-show? They did the panel outside. Yeah, that was pretty neat. It was a good visual, and like, especially being here on the East Coast, where it was definitely dark by then, just turning on my TV and seeing that bright, awesome sight with the building there. By bright, awesome sight, I mean Renee Young. <laughs> if you uh, followed the live coverage on SmartCatMoment.com, you would have seen at the beginning of this, it was just like, oh, wow, they're doing it outside of the building. That's a different look. Speaking of looks, Renee Young looks amazing. Because, damn, she looks better and better every single time that they do one of these panels. And you know what's odd about the panel that we have? They used to switch it around a whole lot, but now we have, you know, Renee, Byron, Booker T, and Corey Graves all the time. And I'm thinking that they're finally starting to get into a good rhythm with each other. Because we started this off with Byron immediately, like, making fun of Booker T, and Booker T just being like, don't you ever fucking do that again. (laughs) That was like, okay, that's cool, I like that. You know, when they can beat up on Byron Saxton together like they do on Raw, (laughs) I'm a big fan of that. Corey Graves is getting into his own, too. He was pulling out some good things here. There was a part of this pre-show where they were talking about their predictions of, like, you know, who they thought was going to win and stuff. And they were talking about the Intercontinental title match. So Corey Graves, I think if, if I remember correctly, he was the one who, out of everybody, said that Ryback would win. And there was this dude in the audience who was, like, watching them, and it's like, who do you think's going to win the Intercontinental title match? And the guy's just like, Kevin Owens! So they go through, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, Ryback, and he's like, boo! <laughs> like, hey, fuck you, I want Kevin Owens to win. Damn it. So I enjoyed this pre-show overall. I mean, like Wago was saying, it's a pre-show. They don't do all that much. It's not crazy. Um, craziest thing probably out of all of that was the New Day answering the Twitter questions. Did you guys catch that? Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. Oh, yeah, I thought that was an awesome segment. Those guys are really coming into their own. They get better and better each uh, segment they get. I love the little part where they said, what are you going to try to save next? And Xavier Woods is just like, save next? We've saved the world. If you save the tables, then you don't need to take down more trees to make more tables. And that helps out with the oxygen levels. So we saved the planet. <laughs> They're so full of themselves. It's fantastic. I don't know how people can't be a fan of them, guys. So before we get on to the main section of the show tonight, I want to give, give you a little bit of a reminder here of how you can call into the show. Again, that's Skype. Or you can call in with your phone, 760-512-7247. Or you can join the chat room, which is starting to fill up a little bit here. we got five times combo. we got Mark Swaby. And, of course, we've got ourselves in there, too. And Wazili's still sticking around there. Make sure you guys throw out some comments there. We'll read them off there in the show as well. So let's get into the match that started off the actual part of the program that you would call Night of Champions, I guess. Intercontinental title match. Ryback versus Kevin Owens. First thoughts about this. What did you guys think of the title change that we had here? 
I didn't like the scenario that we was in. I didn't want to see either guy lose. I'm very happy that Kevin Owens is somewhat looking strong again, but it was just such a shitty uh, situation to book themselves into. This is one of those matches where if they'd done some type of fuck finish or DQ finish, I don't think I would have complained. Hmm. So we got a caller from the 832 area code. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? What do you want to talk about? If anything at all. <laughs> Hello, caller? Caller from 832. You are live. What a Jeff. <laughs> all right, caller, well... Well, if you can hear us and you want to call back in, we'll try to give you uh, another shot here. But uh, if not, you having some kind of problems, join us in the chat room, register, and uh, you know we'll try to get your opinion out there anyway. Peyton, following up on what Wago said, what did you think about the outcome of this match? I could have gone either way. I, I've been enjoying Ryback's work up until the last week. Uh, I think a lot of people got sour at him real fast, especially Sean. <laughs> Sean was like, yep, I'm done with him. Yep, he's awful. Uh Kevin Owens got kind of screwed out in that U.S. title situation. Uh, if they were just going to hot potato it between Seth Rollins and John Cena, they should have just put it on Kevin Owens. Uh, so, cool. He gets the Intercontinental title, which, honestly, to me, I consider that the more prestigious title. Maybe just because I'm a WWE mark. Yeah. Um. So, I- I'm happy for him. He actually seemed, like, genuinely excited that when he got that title. Which, even though he was a heel, made it, like, a real feel-good moment when it happened. I always liked the, when Edge did that. Mm-hmm. You could tell when he won a title, whether he won it as, like, you know, a heel who totally cheated and, like, had Vicky Guerrero help him or something like that. Or if he was a babyface at the time, he always looked like, oh my god, I won a title, like the fucking N64 kid. <laughs> so, Kevin Owens winning that, too, that just really cements the idea in my head that he is, like, one of those guys. Who just gets it? Whoa. What do you mean, those guys? <laughs> you mean fat people? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I really, uh, I dig the idea that Kevin Owens is the Intercontinental Champion. I liked Ryback, and I still like Ryback. I mean, I feel bad for him in this situation, because he got screwed over with that injury, and he never got the momentum back after that. And partially, this is WWE's fault, because they tried, for some fucking reason, to stall that triple threat. Ugh. And it was just one of two perfect examples of how they shouldn't have stalled around this time. The other one, we're going to get to it with the next match, uh, soap opera bullshit. But if they would have done that triple threat match when they originally were setting it up and they had that, like, what was it? Him against The Miz or something? Or him against Big Show that ended in the DQ? Was that, like, Payback or Battleground or something? I don't fucking know. I've tried to erase that um, feud from my mind. But Ryback's run up until... Ryback's run's been a bit lackluster just due to that awkward moment, and it's a shame. He lost the title tonight, but I think they put out a decent and very unique match. You know what struck me as odd in this match? The elbow being worked on. Yeah, it's called um, this thing, Psychology. They work a body part, and the guy (laughs) sells it. And it actually gets over with the crowd, believe it or not. Well, Seriously, like, we don't see enough of this. They could have gone out and just done a brute versus brute match, but no. They 
made it more of a technical uh, style match, and Kevin Owens looked awesome in this. I actually love the ending of this. The eye rig followed by a roll-up. He's a fucking heel, and he's doing heel shit. No, yeah, this needs to happen. I can actually picture these guys getting along really well. Like, when they found out they were working together, it's like, all right, Kev, meet me at catering, and we'll talk about our match, okay? <laughs> he's just like, how about we end it with a roll-up? And he's like, oh, fruit roll-ups, you know what I'm saying? Love them. <laughs> but it struck me as odd, because I expected that kind of, like, brute versus brute thing. And, you know, when they started working on the elbow, it was just like, huh, like, Kevin Owens is grounding Ryback? He's not a high flyer. <laughs> and there was a part in it where I thought that Ryback was legitimately injured. Because he mm. talked a little bit too loud when he was like, referee, my elbow. Like, ah. Uh. Kevin Owens he said was something a little bit, like. He said something like, ow, you're hurting my elbow. And all I hear is Kevin Owens go, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, Awesome. So I'm curious if we find out that maybe he did kind of mess something up a little bit there, and if he didn't, then kudos to Ryback for making it seem like it really fucking hurt. So, credit to that guy. Uh, I hope going forward that Ryback isn't shafted, and they but, don't just uh, look at this as like, you know, well, you failed as champion, so get to the back of the line, you know what I mean? He gets one rematch. If he's lucky, it'll be on pay-per-view. I'm I'm thinking more than likely it'll be on that October 3rd special at MSG, and then it's the mid-card hell with him. Oh, man. If Ryback doesn't get the match at Hell in a Cell, he is fucked. Like, I guess we're going to figure that out when it comes to Monday Night Raw, if they sort of build this up as, yeah, well, I got my rematch, and that's going to happen at Hell in a Cell, or if they're going to push this aside and like start introducing other people. Because if they have Kevin Owens fight somebody else, they got to start building it like tomorrow. Nobody else seems set up for it. Except maybe they could go back to Cesaro. Mm -hmm. I could see that maybe being the case. All in all, though, I think that it's a good step forward. I like Kevin Owens as champion. I think that this is going to be one of the best title reigns for the Intercontinental title in a long time. And I'm putting it out there already. I'm expecting Sami Zayn to be the one to beat him. That would make sense. Hopefully WrestleMania. How awesome would that be? If they can, if they can hold their load that long, I mean, it depends on when his return is too. <laughs> hold their load. <laughs> <laughs> WWE, try holding your load for this. <laughs> we had a quick backstage segment with Rich Brennan talking to Rusev, and really nothing gets accomplished here except for Brennan points out, "Hey, Summer Rae, are those the earrings that Ziggler gave you?" And she just leaves. And it's just like, oh, this match is coming on next, isn't it? And it did. And I'll admit it, it wasn't terrible, but man, my like takeaway from this was just, please tell me that this is fucking over. You guys feel the same way? What? <laughs> I, I I wasn't paying attention when you started talking about this, just like I was with the match. Aw, oh, it's so true. Uh, matter of fact, when I got home from work, I was extraordinarily tired. This was the match where I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to like start shutting my eyes for a little bit, so maybe I'll be rested enough for the main event. <laughs> 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 so I, I you know, would close my eyes for like a couple minutes and open them up when I hear the announcers getting excited, which was not very often during this match. So I, I missed a lot of what happened here. Um, and I don't from the conclusion of this match, I don't get the feeling that this is over. 
that's what scares me. Do you think they're just, uh, we're talking about stalling. Maybe they're going to keep stalling this shit until Lana gets back. Oh, uh, if they met. I mean, they almost have to. I mean, it's integral to the story. That'll drive me nuts. And what bothered me about this match, now you didn't see it, but Wego, I'd see if you agree with me on this. Do you get the same feeling that this was basically just, remember what we did at WrestleMania and SummerSlam? Let's combine those. Like, we had Ziggler beat Rusev, and we had uh, Summer Rae cause the loss for Rusev. And I just got flashbacks to Lana screwing up with Rusev at WrestleMania. Yeah, I thought this was just a whole clusterfuck. I haven't got anything really positive to say. Uh, I've just been disappointed with this feud as a whole. It really does need to end. And if we are doing... What was that? Wrestle crap. (laughs) If we do the Monday Night Raw post show tomorrow night, and... If? Well, you know, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) When we do the Monday Night Raw post show tomorrow night, if there's a situation where they confirm in some capacity that Ziggler and Rusev is not done, I'm already spoiling it. That's going to be my my ugly. Because I am so sick and tired of this feud that I can't imagine this being any way an improvement going forward. I can say this much. These guys did work their asses off tonight, but the feud is so lame that there's no hate there to get invested. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, these two guys could have done well in a good feud. What a shame. Let's hope that they never wrestle again for like six years. I was going to say, there's one good thing that's still to happen with this feud, and that's the Rusev babyface turn. Good old Ruru. Man, if he turns babyface, people start uh, chanting that. It's going to be like when Kali became the Kiss Cam guy and shit like that. I don't know if he's going to become a total like comedy guy. I think he's going to actually have a serious babyface run. A serious baby face? <laughs> a serious face. That kind of So, moving on from there, let's get into something a little bit more entertaining. We've got the Tag Team Championship, New Day versus Dudley Boys. Starting it off with a new little jingle that they had. Like a good table, New Day is there. Didn't quite get where that came out of nowhere from, but, uh... Yeah, you know, these guys are funny. Anytime you get them on the mic and they start bullshitting around, I'm going to enjoy it. So the beginning of this match was fun already. I enjoyed the whole rest of it, too. Um, I'm happy, of course, that the New Day retained. I think it was a smart thing to do here because they can lose that Hell in a Cell. And you kind of, like, there's a situation where stalling's okay to me. But I'm a little bit annoyed that they lost by DQ, and that's just because of my Fantasy League team. So... Hopefully, uh, you guys are, you know, different, um, perspectives when it comes to that since you don't lose any points or whatever like that. But, Wago, I'm gonna start with you. What do you think about the outcome of this match? Do you think that Dudley Boys winning by DQ was smart, or do you think they should have just won the title here, or should New Day have kind of like cheated to win legit? I think this is the perfect scenario because just the whole, the way the whole thing played out. You've got the New Day who really shouldn't be dropping the titles right now. And you've got the Dudley boys that can't really afford to lose right now. So you remedy that situation, but you also send the fans home happy, and you make the the Dudley boys look strong because you got the table spot after the match. That did improve it quite a bit. 
Because anybody who would have complained about a DQ, I have said before, I don't like DQs on pay-per-views, but it made up for it, like you said. I mean, that was a way to keep the titles where they were, but still kind of make New Day get their comeuppance. So I'm a, bit, a big fan of that. Peyton, were you awake at this point to be able to see them? Uh, again, I was shifting in and out here. I, I saw them coming out, and actually I have to disagree with you. I think New Day was at their worst with their pre-match promo tonight. Um, I, I thought they were just lame. It, it seemed like amateur hour with them out there. Um, maybe I, I think these are guys who have uh, become one of the select few to be allowed to be a little bit more off the cuff and make up things as they go. And generally, they, they hit it out of the park. I, I just don't think they did tonight. Um, the match, the parts that I saw were fine. It was only supposed to be a taste. This is going to be a long feud. I'm expecting this to go on for months. So this was just the first chapter, and I'm, I'm not offended that it ended in DQ necessarily. I, I completely expected something that was going to extend it. You know what one of my favorite parts about this match was? The fans chanting Rufio at Xavier yes. Woods. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That hairstyle threw me off when I first saw it, and I'm just like, this looks familiar. And fucking, when Jerry Lawler started calling him Rufio and the fans got into it, I was just like, oh my god, Hook, that's why I'm recognizing it. <laughs> I hope Xavier Woods did that on purpose. And he's dorky enough that he would. Mm. Now, something that I watched last night that I definitely recommend for you guys, uh, as far as, like, funny shit that the New Day does and stuff, I've mentioned before, Xavier Woods has his YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down, and he had Big E on it this time. And uh, the nickname that he gives him on the show is Big Wool, because he's, quote, a heavy sweater. And uh, the ending of that is fantastic. Like, you can watch the whole episode and you'll laugh and stuff like that, but I recommend to anybody who thinks that the New Day is funny, and I'll agree, like, they were a little bit off tonight, just watch that video and watch the last three minutes of it, and it's fantastic. Big E is so fucking weird. I want him to just get the mic more often. Uh, any other thoughts about this match that you guys think about going forward, how you'd like to see them transition to a tables match, or if you want to see them kind of drag that out a bit longer? I know, Peyton, you said that you expect this to be months. Do you think mm -hmm. they're going to skip right to the tables match at Hell in a Cell? I think... We can expect, uh, well, obviously at least one Hell in a Cell match, possibly even two. So I don't think so. I think if you have the Cell matches and Tables matches, that's a little too much gimmicky stuff. Well, if Tails stays a pay-per-view this year, that's a given where they're going to do it. That's a couple months down the line, though. I mean, do you think there's he, legs he, for that without adding new people into there? Really well, not you, that far. Yeah, and are typically, well, gimmick matches are meant to be things that you'll blow off a feud with, so if it's months down the line, I'm fine with it. Um, I want this feud to be stretched out for a while. When the Dudley boys finally get those titles, I want it to be that they've chased them for a while. Alrighty, well we have the Divas Championship match. Nikki Bella defends against Charlotte. And uh, the funniest thing out of this whole match to me was the very, very beginning of it. Mike Kyoto holding the title upside down. Oops. Just like, there you go. This is, you know, we're turning the division upside down itself. So, of course, I had to make fun of him here. Um, story in this match was that Charlotte fucked up her leg and, you know, whether or not she could get the figure eight locked in. Of course she does. And Charlotte ends up winning the title. New Divas champion. Nikki Bella's reign goes to an end. and. Uh, you know, we get the whole celebration with Ric Flair and Team PCB. No 
turns as far as PCB, which some of us were sort of expecting or at least wanting to happen. So I don't know if that would be a situation where it's disappointing or if it's just kind of like, well, I expected too much, but what do you guys think about Charlotte winning the title? Right decision? Or should they have done something a little bit crazier? They set this up right, so it was the perfect decision. We've been building to this where they had Nikki somehow hang on and become the longest reigning Divas champion, and now Charlotte got to be the one that knocked her off a throne. It's how the story should play out, it's how it did, and I'm hoping Charlotte gets a lengthy reign, because as much as I hate her character, she can get it done in the ring. Now, as far as tonight's performance goes, it was clunky. I got the story that they was trying to tell. Poor execution. Peter, what about you? Are you happy with the new champion, or should there have been a Sasha Banks switch in some capacity? Not particularly. I know a lot of people saw Charlotte as sort of like the chosen one of all these divas that came up, but I think she's actually been completely bland. God damn it. They even went to the point where they put Wu on the goddamn top part of her costume. Could they make her more one-dimensional and like, hey, you know, she's the seed of Ric Flair. Okay, great. How about the fact that she's her own person? I mean, isn't that the reason why you didn't just call her Ashley Flair? You wanted to call her Charlotte instead? It's a little bit weird that they didn't go with Charlotte Flair. I'd rather that they did, just because of what they're doing with her. I really want her to go heel and bust out a robe and just go balls to the wall with it. Okay, that's cool. You could do that down the line. But, I don't know, I think they should have seen that she's not the one that the crowd has caught on to. You know, I think they should have delayed the Charlotte win and had Nikki hold on to it a little bit longer and it should have been Sasha. I have to agree. I mean, there's time for us to figure out whether or not Charlotte ended up doing a good job with this, because for all we know, she could get, like, injured tomorrow night and it could be a terrible waste, or she could end up having, like, the best title reign in women's history. But, you know, at, like, base value, I look at this and I go, I don't care as much about Charlotte as I do Sasha Banks. Or even Becky Lynch, to an extent. What I'll say about Sasha is... What you'll find with a really good heel, they often start getting a babyface reaction just because the fans respect them or are really into their shtick. I think with that, she's got a potential really good babyface run, which will benefit her chasing Charlotte. She's just come off of a heel title reign and a very good one at that, so I think it's time to do something different with her character anyway. So I think holding off right now on the belt is going to benefit Sasha in the long run. Good old Sasha. I had to point it out. Uh, we had a little backstage thing with uh, Kevin Owens talking about how he feels complete now that he has the title again and that it's, quote, no secret about just how great he is. Just rubbing it in. Proving that he's fucking awesome. Gotta love him. Then we had the Wyatt family against Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and the mystery partner who was a fan from the audience. Yeah. I never actually caught the fan that jumped in the crowd, but I've got to say, these S.H.I.E.L.D. guys must be cursed, because we've had Seth Rollins, uh, who was walked side by side by a fan, and not, and I think Dean Ambrose almost got stabbed, was it? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what the fuck, but they've got to get their security um, yes. to jump on top of this shit, because it's getting excessive. <laughs> I was going to say, you know who else didn't catch them? <laughs> Fucking security. <laughs> 
Like it was just a few weeks ago. Remember that fan just walked right up alongside Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. just like chilling. It's a shame uh, that the Armando guy wasn't obsessed with them too. You know what the problem is? If they had tried this shit in a time that's long gone, the wrestlers would have fucking tagged them. Mm-hmm. They would have fucked them up. Like, <laughs> if it would have been back with Hogan and uh, who are the other ones that were in that WCW thing where they just like beat the crap out of that fan. Just imagine if Psycho Sid's walking down the fucking ramp and a fan does the shit what he did with Rollins. Sid would eat the cunt. Hmm. Literally eat him. <laughs> Literally. They yeah, give him a fork and a knife him. and he's like... Wouldn't that be Ryback's uh, shtick then? I imagine Ryback would be a pussy about that scenario. He seems like too gentle. Sit down and let me give you some inspirational talk about why you shouldn't jump the barricade. Leave me alone! Get away! No, this is my match! Ryback's following around for weeks trying to give him inspirational speeches. (laughs) He's just like, oh shit, shit, I won't do it again, I get it! (laughs) And he's like, no, 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 you really, you gotta listen, pal. (laughs) But, of course, the fan was not the actual mystery partner, it was... Drumroll, please. Chris Jericho? That was a pretty good fucking drum roll. <laughs> Thanks, I had my drum set out. Yeah, you've also got your chirp set out. Yeah. yeah, if you can't hear the little cricket in the background, that's joining us just the same as these fans keep jumping in, you know. Maybe they're all tied in together. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was disappointed with Jericho, I have to admit. Were you guys? I'd forgotten about Chris Jericho, so when he came out, I was like, oh shit, Jericho. Ah. Shit, it's Jericho. It's not that I dislike Chris Jericho. Far from. He's one of my favorites of all time, but I just expected something different. And when Chris Jericho returns, it's been a big deal in the past. But then he returned again. And then he returned again. And he kept returning, but the surprise just became disappointing. So his return tonight did not get me excited. However, he delivered tonight. He finally cut his fucking hair, which was fantastic, because it was way too long during his last run. He looked goofy as shit. And they had a great match tonight. I was surprised um, I was surprised it went so well, because I was a little worried about how the new guy had play out. But um, Stroganoff, he, they kept him out of the match for the most part, and he did well. Peyton, were you disappointed with Jericho being the mystery partner? Wow, that was a really good drum roll. That's <laughs> oh, a really good cricket. Yeah, it was disappointing to say the least. What well, pretty much, I when I heard that this match was coming up, I was like, "Oh man, this is what I was really looking forward to." What's the reveal going to be? And then it would break the walls. I was like, uh, "Okay, nap time." Was it just me, or did the crowd not react super great to it too? They did not. And again, with Wago, it's a shame because this guy is one of the former, one of my favorite. I don't want to say this. What formerly one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, but this guy is not quite drug his reputation through the mud to the point of like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair levels, but he's dropped down so far. And it, you know what? He did look good tonight. He cut his hair short. Um, I say he looked younger for a lot of reasons. I don't know if he like was wearing makeup or something, but his skin looked better. Like it didn't what look I- saggy and like weird last time we saw. Maybe he just like has been sleeping better. Hasn't been as stressed out. I have to agree with that, but the one thing I noticed, he kept his leg upper half great, but he really needs to go back to wearing long tights, because he's getting old man skin on his legs. Mm. <laughs> old man skin. 
<laughs> That's the, the technical medical term. If this was oh, the old talk show, that'd be the title of the episode. Mr. Irvina, I gotta tell you, it, it's a shame that you got an ailment here that we can't fix. It's called old man skin. <laughs> so, Bad I'm gonna prescribe to you some pants. <laughs> and you gotta cut your hair. But he did look uh, younger, and he looked good in the ring. You know, he didn't, like, lose a step. He wasn't rusty or anything like that. But I was disappointed, and, you know, of course, they're doing the whole, like, the roof has blown off this place. It's fucking amazing. Everybody's going nuts. And they pan around to the crowd, and it seems like people are like, oh, hey, Jericho. Oh, cool. You know, it's better than Eric Rowan. But... Yeah, it is better than Eric Rowan. And hats off to Michael Cole, because he really did kind of try and sell Jericho. Yeah. Almost as much as he tried to sell Kane earlier, later on. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Take some notes, Todd Grisham. He didn't pull yes. a hole. Oh, it's Jericho. Oh, it's Kane. <laughs> No, but the feds are like, oh, it's Jericho. <laughs> then JBL could be like, I'm marking out, Michael. <laughs> it's one of the Houston Astros. He reminds me of a young curry man. <laughs> so, I gotta say, the more surprising thing here, Strowman getting over on uh, Jericho. I'm so glad that they did that. Because it makes sense, you know, this guy was booked as like, holy shit, who the hell's gonna take this guy down? And Jericho doesn't strike me as the type of guy that you would bring in that could take him down. So I was happy with that outcome. And even though I like the team of Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Chris Jericho better as far as, like, the three performers, as soon as Jericho came out, I was just like, man, I hope that they lose. And it makes sense that Strowman gets that win, because Bray Wyatt's the puppet master, Strowman's the muscle. Luke Harper, we were saying before, he would have, like, the bulk of the match. He was pulling out some good stuff, too. Very impressive, as always. And uh, I'm just kind of curious where they go from the future now, because they sort of teased at the end here, Jericho might be turning heel. What would you like to see out of a uh, heel Jericho, if that's the case? We oh, need man. a we need a heel Jericho right now, because there's not that many good heels in the company. You've got Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, and then everyone else is just kind of floundering around there. Not because there isn't guys they can utilize, just they haven't. I think Chris Jericho stepping up would be great, and he can put some of these younger guys over with great matches. Don't get me wrong, it's kind of gotten annoying seeing him in that role constantly, but it's not hard to turn his uh, character around to give him a few wins to put him back on a level where he's worth utilizing again. It, it depends. You know, like, what kind of heel Jericho are we getting here? Chris Jericho's been a guy who's been pretty good at innovating himself, so if he can make a completely new, fresh evolution of Chris Jericho here... Awesome. If he just does a heel version of Baby Jericho, I'm I'm not interested. You know what I'm not interested in seeing again? The suited up Jericho. No, you can't do that either. Yeah, like I I like I love that Jericho and it was great, but it can't be replicated. That was a special point in his career and I think the pinnacle of his career. He will have to innovate something and I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. Um He's a guy that's done so much for so long, you wonder how much he's got left in him as far as being able to develop a new character. The last few times he's been back for these short runs, he's just been Light Bright Jericho, and Light, light Bright Jericho is easily the worst Jericho. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that stands out to you guys as people you would love to see him feud with? Because he's probably not sticking around for a long time, but... I, I thought, honestly think it's just this. Maybe a match with Dean Ambrose... And he has uh, a match scheduled for that uh, MSG show. Not even like Hell in a Cell? 
I that, that might be the Ambrose match. I don't know how they'd work it, but I'd love to see him and uh, Kevin Owens go at it. I just think the promo work would be fun. I don't even care if I, who's face or who's heel, or if they're both heels. Didn't they have some kind of matches on, like, house shows or something? I'm not too sure, but I'd love to see it. I vaguely remember hearing that they were, like, working together on something. Some Maybe on that Japanese tour. That's what it was? Yeah, I think maybe on that Japanese tour where they did that Beast in the East pay-per-view. Oh, that would make sense then. So one more reminder to you guys out there, if you want to call in live to the show and participate in the conversation, tell us what you thought about Night of Champions. You can call in through uh, Skype, or you can call in with your phone, 760-512-7247. we got two more matches to talk about, both Seth Rollins. So, of course, you can backtrack and talk about what we've talked about already, or you can you know pick up where the conversation's picking up right now. And that's with the United States Championship match, the first of two matches with Seth Rollins. And uh, he loses to John Cena. Now, for my fantasy league, of course, I was disappointed in this, but kind of saw it coming, kind of was hoping that it would happen, too, because I think that the belt makes more sense on John Cena than it does on Seth Rollins, but at the same time, I kind of have to admit, part of me is thinking, what was the point of all this? Do you think it's justified that they had this little hot potato thing you were saying earlier, Peyton, or Mm -mm. should this have been something grander? What did they do this for? Just so Seth Rollins could get a shitty statue? So he could have a shitty match with Sting? What the fuck was the point of any of it then? A complete waste. I think the bigger picture tonight, and it was p- piss poorly executed and piss poorly planned because it wouldn't have worked, was that they wanted to pl- plant a seed of doubt going into the next match that, oh shit, Seth could lose. And after Cena dropped him again, they look like Sting might be able to pick it up. I saw people posting in uh, the Megamaniacs wondering, oh shit, is Sting actually going to take this thing? So granted, they successfully did that, but fuck, the following match was just... Uh, as far as Cena taking the US belt, he did a great run with it last time. If he's going to bring back the uh, open invitational each week, I'm fine with that. It was easily the best role Cena had, and if it keeps him out of the main event picture, even better. Now, as far as the match quality goes, I honestly, like, not that I lost attention paying to it, but it really didn't stand out to me as anything super impressive, but it wasn't bad. Like, I enjoyed what I did check out, but I was sort of checking uh, other stuff at the time, and it wasn't holding my attention 100%. Did you guys run into that same situation, or was this one of your favorite matches of the night or something like that? Did I miss out on something great? Dude, I don't know how you could not pay attention to it when Seth Rollins was wearing those damn white pants. <laughs> Maybe this is one of the reasons why I was looking away. Like, it's like looking at the sun and you gotta go like, ah. Those, those pants are like the cure for ADD. Like, how could you fucking like not look away from those things? Or fucking like, it's like they're so it, fucking like bright and like distracting. I was hoping that was going to be a one-time thing for SummerSlam, but ugh, Jesus Christ, those tights are atrocious. White is not his color. Well, scumbag. <laughs> scumbag? What, because he's wearing white? Yeah. The scumbags and their fucking white shit. And <laughs> he said, get rid of that fucking Pete, like, random blonde part in his hair now. It's not even a streak, it's just there. Should he make it, like, flat out white to go with it? No, Like a rogue just... thing from X-Men? No, X-Men sucks. 
Yeah, like Smith's awesome. It's better than this match. <laughs> well, as far as this match quality goes, it was very flaky at times. It wasn't a bad match by any means, but it just wasn't hitting the right gears, and I expected more, and I expected Seth to look stronger in this. Peyton, were you a little bit disappointed in it, or, uh, you know, did it justify having it, like, at this point of the match, at this point of the card? Because I thought one thing that was odd about this was that they were doing the back-to-back thing. I didn't think they were going to go that route. Oh, I did. I think I said that when we were doing our predictions, too. I, I totally Pretty was, sure you did. Because I think they were trying to set up Seth Rollins having to go the mile. And, like, when they were going to this match at the one-hour mark, I was like, yep. Or they're they're gonna try to make him seem like he's the Iron Man. So that led us into, of course, John Cena wins the title. So you're thinking to yourself, "Uh oh, Seth Rollins might be dropping it all tonight." Uh oh. And Sting comes out, and a uh, little bit weird <laughs> what happened here. Sting was sort of booked as like the frail old man, and you know, of course, that shouldn't have been Seth no. Rollins' part. I don't think he was booked that way. He just <laughs> he just was. <laughs> like you see, him, but when he was when Sting was on the offense of this entire match, he looked like utter fucking shit. Jesus Christ, he was rolling it. You know when he rolled into the ring to break the count, he was so goddamn slow. This man should not be in a ring. I do not want to see him fight the Undertaker. I don't want to see him fight anybody. All this, to, all tonight accomplished in the main event was killing any value that Sting had left. Absolutely abysmal decision to book this match in the first place. If you was going to do it, there had to be some type of fuck finish or Seth gets DQ'd. Sting did not need to lose this match. He shouldn't have been in this match. Sting is fucked. He's no, he's no higher than Chris Jericho as far as I'm concerned in the WWE landscape. Wow, that's uh, I wasn't gonna go that far. Okay, please show me the difference. In fact, Chris Jericho at this point's more fucking credible. I took this as like Sting was in a bad position because WWE had him lose at uh, WrestleMania, and I'll agree that his performance here was totally not the best that I would have expected it to be. That doesn't mean I don't want to ever see him wrestle the Undertaker or like that he can just kind of go away and not wrestle again, like. I got a feeling that that table spot, that was a planned situation to make him look weak. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe he was totally weak there. when he couldn't take a real bump through it. Jesus Christ, that spot looked horrible. Oh, I thought it looked hilarious. Yeah, it, it was, was so goofy. It's like, oh, I can't get off. <laughs> it looked like like someone pushed someone off a building in like a movie. <laughs> like, ah, like you almost expect the camera to like go overhead as he's like flailing his arms around. Ah, he didn't no. take a flat back bump. He was like halfway sitting up. It was fucking awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was a weird booking in this kind of thing. And of course, it ends with the roll up, which to an extent, I mean, it's kind of the same thing as what happened with Kevin Owens. He's a heel; he can win with a roll up. Uh, but. Sting does look worse between the two of them. There's no argument whatsoever in that. Uh, after that match, though, we get Sheamus. It's, uh, his music hits, and he comes out, money in the bank in hand, ready to cash in on Seth Rollins. But Kane comes back. Now, you're thinking to yourself, all right, well, is Kane out there to stop this cash-in? Maybe, maybe not. 
Oh, never mind. He chokeslammed Seth Rollins. Wait a minute. He chokeslammed Sheamus. So part of me is like, oh, this is fantastic. I don't have to watch Sheamus beat Seth Rollins for the title. But then part of me is going, but do I have to watch a Kane and Sheamus feud now? Or a Kane and Seth Rollins feud? Or a triple threat match at Hell in a Cell? What do you guys think is going on here? And were you happy with this whole situation with the Money in the Bank? Or did that kind of put a sour note at the end of the pay-per-view for you? I was happy that he wore the mask again. I'm happy he actually decided to use face paint around his eyes and not get lazy like he did during this last fucking time. Um, I was glad I didn't get to see Sheamus win a title. And I thought this was fucking awkward as hell to have Kane return at. It was. Why didn't they have him come in before the end of the match? Like Honest. to end the Sting one? Yeah. And the thing is, I think the entire reason they booked this was to turn Kane face and be like, fuck you, Seth Rollins. And just in case anyone had any doubts, fuck you, Seamus. And now Kane's a babyface and I'll feud with Seth. And it will be fucking lame. Mm-hmm. But the real main event of Hell in a Cell is going to be Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker, as we Holy found out. Holy fuck. So I think Kane versus Seth Rollins is pretty much a perfect filler match. Do you think that'll be a cell match, too? I think so. I think it will be, too. But it'll be talking it'll, about it, Kane and Seth? Yeah, but you know what they do when they do two matches? is They usually have one that's, like, actually Wait. a Hell in a Cell match, where they actually, like, get brutal, and then they have one that's just, like, a regular match inside a Hell in a Cell. And that's fact, what that one will be. I think you drop the cage at the start of the pay-per-view, you let Kane and Seth get that thing out the way, and then mm-hmm. you make then you drop the cage again right at the end of the Then you show. have the adults fight at the end. Yeah. And partially, just because if they really want to do two Hell in a Cells, you don't want them too close together because it takes some of the allure away. Mm. Now, I thought originally, before they had this whole setup with Kane, that we were going to get built up to Seth Rollins versus John Cena for a Hell in a Cell match. Now, of course, I also thought that we weren't getting Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, but they dropped that bomb, and it was just like, okay, well, fuck. There goes my predictions, because I can't see that being the case anymore. And um, if we get Seth Rollins versus Kane, uh, we were just saying, that's not really going to be a selling point. If we get some kind of other combination of people, would you rather see Rollins and Kane in a Hell in a Cell, or would you guys rather see maybe a triple threat with John Cena included? Ugh. No John Cena at all. Yeah, that that sounds terrible. All I see this as is this is another opportunity for Sheamus to cash in. If he wins or fails or it doesn't even happen, I don't know, but Seth's Prime pickings after a Hell in a Cell match. So I'm kind of looking at Hell in a Cell right now as similar to SummerSlam, where it, not that SummerSlam was like a filler pay-per-view, but I got the feeling when we were going into that, that this was Undertaker versus Lesnar, and I guess we'll just do this kind of shit too. For a lot of that other stuff, not feeling fantastic about Hell in a Cell if they go with Rollins and Kane. And if they need to set up something new for John Cena, and they need to set up, like, potentially something new for Kevin Owens, we were talking about that earlier or whatever, it's going to be tough, I think, for them to build up enough for me to be super, super interested. Because I am already, like, kind of hard on Hell in a Cell. I don't like that pay-per-view. I don't like the idea that we get Hell in a Cell matches that are, like, they have to happen in October. That's dumb. But here's the thing. Kane and Seth Rollins have been built up for years now. That's true. And what uh, and what other structure do you put Undertaker and Brock Lesnar in? Oh, that's justified, I think. Oh, absolutely. It's, and especially it's since, the, especially since it's a rematch from another Hell in a Cell match, 
they've already duked it out in there once, so it'd be cool to see him do it in the new cell. I'm shocked they acknowledge that. <laughs> who, who won that match? Because I don't. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker every single time. I think actually the SummerSlam win first Taker's first win against Lesnar. Supposedly really? there was actually mm-hmm. a lot of heat that Undertaker had on Brock Lesnar because he never gave him the win back because Brock Lesnar left before he did. Huh. Oh, maybe that'll happen at Hell in Cell. <laughs> I mean, it sure, sure as fuck didn't happen at SummerSlam. Question I've got to ask with that, though, is does it end at Hell in a Cell now, and do they have other plans for Brock, or does it continue all the way to Mania? I think some type of crazy-ass fucking spot happens where they're both laid out and they have to go off the air. Hmm. Please don't. I don't want to see The Undertaker die on television. <laughs> like, legitimately. I've seen him die, but I don't want to see him die. Yeah, no, I'm thinking they're going to be, like, duking out on the top of the cage, and they're like, no, 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 Brock goes to German him, and the top just gives out, and they fall through, and they both fall through the ring, and or they're piano. both fucking dead. <laughs> I can't imagine them doing this crazy shit. <laughs> or a piano falls on them, that'll really fucking surprise the fans. Or an anvil. <laughs> Good old Acme Anvil. Or Jim the Anvil. <laughs> All right, if Jim the Anvil Neidhart falls on these two on top of the cage, this will be the best fucking pay for you ever. Yeah, but afterwards you've just got to have him, like, half-conscious just grumbling about TJ. Yeah, about how he's pissed off about Fucking Mooch living in my house with his broken fucking neck. Get a damn job. He should have been the one that fucking did this. I gotta come in here and teach these kids a goddamn lesson. I never fucking broke my neck. I don't know why our impression about him sounds like this, but it does. <laughs> Alright, so your takeaway, your high point, and your low point for Night of Champions. Peyton, what do you think? I think that we ultimately have hurt the image of Sting. I think we have even done damage to Seth Rollins, which was finally looking to be getting a little bit of rehab. I think he looks a lot weaker now. I think you botched the returns of both Kane and Chris Jericho. You could have done a better job with them. And also just this mystery partner. I would have been much happier if it was like Baron Corbin or I don't know. A lot of people it could have been Chris Jericho really was just not fun for me. Should have just been Samoa Joe, man. Samoa Joe would have been cool. It could have been so many different people, but uh, I don't know. It wasn't a, it wasn't a terrible show. And I especially can't speak because, you know, I was half asleep through a lot of it, but I, I'm not offended. I, I understand every decision they went with, especially the title changes. Um, uh, I, I just don't know if they, uh, I just hope Sting is okay, especially <laughs> that I think that's one big thing I should say. I hope Sting <laughs> is okay. Um, high point, I will say will be, uh, Kevin Owens victory celebration. That was a very, very fun moment. It was cool to see. And, uh, my low point, I will give to that point where Sting goes and ducks the clothesline and just falls onto his face and goes into the Tyrannosaurus Rex position. <laughs> the T-Rex position. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Rex right now is just kind of like, give it infringement. I'm the fucking T-Rex. God damn it. Wago, what about you? It's your highlight low point. What's a Tyler Rex? I, know, say, what, uh, I know who Shane Tyler Rex is. <laughs> um, this fucking, wow. This show had a lot of bad, not much good, and some decent. I'm going to have to give my high to Kevin Owens just because the guy's on point no matter what he does. And it, I'm hoping that somehow 
WWE see something in him and do not do not just throw him in mid card hell because that guy has got a lot to offer. But if they they've already pushed him so hard now, a drop's going to hurt him in the long run. Um, one I don't think he can ever come back from. You've seen it with guys that seen us feuded with time and time again. So uh, as far as my bad goes, Sting. They killed Sting. Stink. Stang. Stink. Stink stinks. <laughs> they they fucked him up. Like they've killed Stink. I don't know what else you can do to resurrect this guy's career. You had him look shit against the big show. Look, he had a great showing with Triple H, but now they just buried him. A guy that just wrestled and lost a match beat him. Fucking terrible. I gotta say, overall, I liked it, this pay-per-view. I mean, there are some down uh, marks to it that I am not the biggest fan of, and it's not gonna be my favorite pay-per-view of the year by far, but I liked how they changed some titles around, they kind of made me curious about what's happening in the future, and in a way, I came out of this pay-per-view happier for what's going into Hell in a Cell than I thought that I would be. So, I look at it as, that's a win overall. My low point's gotta be just Jericho as the mystery partner. I was underwhelmed so much by that, and I didn't expect it to be The Rock, I didn't expect it to be Daniel Bryan, but I actually almost kind of think maybe I would have preferred Eric Rowan. And that's odd. Like, I shouldn't be saying that. Because Jericho is one of my favorites as well, and if you give me the choice of Jericho or Rowan in almost any situation, I'm going to be like, well, yeah, what kind of a question is this? But I'm a little bit disappointed to the point where now I'm thinking maybe Rowan would have been the best option, if he was healthy enough, of course. But my high point, if it's not going to go to Braun Strowman beating Jericho, it's got to be Kevin Owens winning the Intercontinental title. As I mentioned before, Ryback is somebody who I'm a fan of, and I hope that they don't fuck him over going forward, but... I can't argue with the idea that Kevin Owens is a better choice. He just is. And hopefully we'll get some awesome title reign, uh, reign in the future, and you know we'll look back on this and be like, Kevin Owens' great Intercontinental title reign started at Night of Champions. Hopefully that's the case. So, one last thing that we need to take care of for this little special episode of the Night of Champions post-show is plugs. Peyton, why don't you hit us with some of those? All right, well, if you were tuning in with us tonight, you enjoy listening to us do live stuff, so you should be checking out everything we got going on here at Mega Powers Radio, megapowersradio.com. Subscribe to that on Facebook and all those other social media platforms. Especially tune in for the Raw post show that goes live immediately after Raw goes off the air every single week. We invite all y'all to join the conversation in the chat room, via the phones, all the same ways we had available to you tonight. And, uh... Peace. Plur. Wago. <laughs> All right. So you can follow me at Stephen Wago, where you can see me harass Christopher Daniels weekly about returning as Curry Man. Also, check me out on StephenWago.com. Stephen with a PH. Cricket, anything you want to plug? Whoa! Oh, I love fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that'll be edited out at least a little bit. You guys wouldn't have heard that the entire time like the live people did. But as far as my plugs go, 
Check out fanboysanonymous.com for all the things in the geek culture spectrum that we're fond of. Go to the All Talk Show and listen to the old episodes like that and pay attention to the new episodes that we'll be doing when it comes to megapowersradio.com and everything with that. And, of course, check out smartoutmoment.com and uh, keep your ears open for the next episode of Smack Talk, which is going to be coming up later on this week. Don't know exactly if we're going to add a little special feature to it because we've taken care of this tonight, but if you have any suggestions about what you would like to see, leave those in the comments below or send a tweet at us, or any of the other ways that you can get in contact with us. And uh, that should do us in for this episode. So, thank you to Wago, thank you to Peyton, thank you to all the people in the chat that joined us, and all those listening on the archived edition and the live edition, whatever like that. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out. Ah!